Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Be the Wolf. We're going to talk about finding your passion through your corporate job. I am here with entrepreneur, podcaster, founder, and so many things all around really powerful, amazing woman, Janice Person. Hello, Janice. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, it's so much fun to be here. I love these kind of conversations always give me a reason to pause and think, and hopefully it does the same for people that are listening in. Wonderful, wonderful. So you started your career in the corporate world, like many, many, many people. Yeah. And along the way, you discovered your passion. And before we dive deep into your passion, because that's juicy good stuff, uh, let's, let's talk about the beginning a little bit. Did you, you went through, well, what had you lean into the corporate world in the first place? Yeah, so it was it was kind of roundabout. I always knew I loved communication. So I do want to, you know, like early on, I was that kid that wrote letters to everybody from summer camp and stuff like that, right? And so I was lucky enough to figure that out early in life and was able to then study journalism, get a master's degree in journalism and PR. And I was working for some magazines and ended up getting an offer to work for an agency in New York. I've just been very lucky at finding jobs I always really enjoyed and that offered a lot of development opportunities. I got to travel a lot. Um, You know, when I think about it now in retrospect, because I got a few years of wisdom on me, I had the unique opportunity to learn so many different things over a period of my career that I had always thought like someday I would like to. And at a certain point I kind of went, oh, wow, like you could, you could start that now. Like, you know, I think a lot of people plan for retirement. I've always planned to enjoy my, my years, whether they were young years or old years or whatever, I've always wanted to enjoy uh, life and my career is part of that, Um, but only went out on my own about three years ago. You know, what's really powerful about what you said is that you had the intention of enjoying your life. And I think 
I think one of the things, one of the reasons why corporate jobs get a bad rap is because most people are just doing what they're supposed to do <laughs> and they never really think about what is important to them, what is really the best fit for them. They just go to college and then they go start applying for jobs and end up in a career that just sort of happens without any intention, without any driver focus into making sure that they're enjoying their life. I I can understand how that happens to people. I was I was maybe a little bit different and lucky in that I chose an industry that it's a little bit specialized. I mean, I, I said I was in communications, but then I started working in agriculture. I, I grew up having a love of the environment and, you know, that kind of area. So when I found agriculture as an industry to apply my passion of communications, um, it's this kind of small world, you know, like only 2% of Americans, less than 2% farm. And then there are other people who work with them in the agricultural industry, but it's not like everybody knows somebody in agriculture. So you typically can have some opportunities to move around a little bit if you want to. And even in my corporate career, so I was ultimately with the corporation uh, kind of corporate world for 20 something years. And even within that, I found like, oh, I wanna start blogging and blah, blah, blah. So I'd started on my own and then slowly find ways to like work some of that into my day job <laughs> in ways that would let me build both my personal and the professional side. Um, and I think sometimes people don't uh, necessarily understand that maybe some corporations, maybe not all, but some of them really appreciate when you're also doing skill building on your, on your own and so I know at, at our office, people could move within, you know, kind of major areas. We would have people from finance that maybe would go work as a salesperson or something. And so that was part of the system in the corporation I ended up in, which was really nice because every year you're talking about, well, what else would you like to try? What would you like to do? How can we help you build yourself? And I think that's something you really need to think about when you're an entrepreneur is how am I going to build my skills? How am I going to get to the next level? And I was lucky enough to have it in a corporate setting that kind of helped me figure out some of those skills for myself. That's super powerful. And one of the things like what really big be the wolf quality is to continuously learn and invest in yourself and grow and I know a lot of people are like, I'm not going to do this training unless my job pays for it. And the thing is, all of you listening, if there is something that you're interested in learning, if there's some self-development course or something that you want to do, do not rely on your job to pay for it. It's great if your job does. That's totally awesome. And if you can get your job to pay for it, I'm all about it. But the investments you make in yourself will pay for themselves, whether in your happiness level or the money you make 10 times over. If they would multiply, not just pay for themselves, they multiply. Absolutely. Warren Buffett even says that the best investment you can make is in yourself. And here's the thing. 
you nobody can take that stuff away from you the more you learn the more you grow the more you can bring stuff to the table and honestly the easier your life will get and another thing it's like not just college i mean you whether you go to college or not once you go to college there's not this end point. Okay, now I'm done learning. I'm just going <laughs> to go create my life and do, I did what I was supposed to do. So now, and then, yeah. And then you get in your corporate job and you hate it. <laughs> I mean, I was, when I left the corporate world, I had been thinking it would be cool to do a podcast. And so there I was in my fifties starting a podcast and um, you know, it's not something you have to wait on other people to do, but if you can find ways where you can, you can kind of build those synergies with your career, at least for me, that really worked out well. And it's funny, the other day, one of my former colleagues announced that she was changing jobs. And when she did it, she said, well, one of our, one of our kind of key mentors used to say, you can love your work but never love the company because you might not be as critical thinking <laughs> if you don't have that level of like ability to disconnect if it's the right move for you, right? So love your work, love the people you're working with, all that kind of stuff, but don't let yourself get so over-invested in the company's success that you lose sight of building your own success. Because a lot of companies and corporations um, may have some commitments to their employees and some don't, right? And I was lucky I worked in one that I could usually find a way to build myself to some of the types of training I might want or some of the experiences like, you know, I needed to manage a larger budget. How could I get that experience of really managing money in a way that was amazing. But if, if you're not getting some of those things in your office, I think you probably need to start building that for yourself. And I, I mean, it's why I hopped on social media 15 years ago, right? When, when not many of my peers were, but um, I was in communication. So I had to understand it. Like if you're in communications and you're not figuring out social media, then you're putting yourself to the back of the bus automatically, right? So at least stay up on what's happening in your part of the world and make sure you're you're checking in on those things. And the curious mind and that sense of wonder really helps create a lot of things, whether you're in the corporate side or the entrepreneurial side is what I found. Yeah, you bring up a couple of really very, very important parts. And that thing about not getting so emotionally attached to your company, this applies also, this applies in everything. If you are too emotionally involved, attached to your lover, if you are too emotionally attached to your parents, if you are too emotionally attached to your job, to your career, to your business, Whatever like it is, yes. if you lose sight of yourself. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. The be the wolf quality is being the one of them is to be able to do what is best for you. And part of that is to know that you are where all of that stuff comes from. 
You are the one that makes it possible for you to have a relationship, to have a job, to have a business. You can only control what's going on within you. And you don't know what's going to happen in the world. You don't know if we're going to have a pandemic or if the economy is going to crash or if, you know, you just don't know. So if you are so attached to any of those things that you feel like, a part of you is going to be lost if one of those things is gone. That's not the healthiest place for you to be able to pick up the pieces and go. And of course, there's a grieving process. Of course, it's okay to be sad. All of that stuff is natural. But when you are using those things to fill like the holes in yourself to give your sense of value and worth, It's going to be so painful if something happens and it's a wild ride, (laughs) y'all. Something's gonna, something's gonna happen. And I think a lot of times that's where people fall into fear, right? So then you start worrying about losing this thing that's outside of yourself that is so important to you. Um, That you start, you start like quizzing yourself on things. You maybe don't make the best decisions anymore because you're worried about, oh, what, if I do this, will it cost me this? And you start worrying about things a little bit differently than you should. And I wouldn't say, you know, go all out on yourself with total disregard of your family or your job or things like that. But at least think about yourself and put yourself up there in the top and and give yourself the benefit of that. You know, I took Sometimes I was taking classes at night. Sometimes I was just on the weekends watching YouTube videos to to figure out something new and different um, that would help me get ahead. But it is one of those kind of things that then I could come back into the office and I could sh- I could show, hey, you know what? Have we ever thought about doing this? I think this could be really advantageous to the business. And I was allowed to then play with that a little bit and actually have somebody else help with the risk a little bit, right? Like I knew I was putting my personal reputation on the line from saying, I think we could do this and it could be really important. But I also knew that the company had my back a little bit too, right? Which in the entrepreneurial world, uh, you know, you're flying out here maybe without quite as much backup sometimes. So for me, it was a great way to test some of those things, do some of those things before I got out in the entrepreneurial space. And I think what also is really great about that is as you, I mean, such a be the wolf quality, right? Going out and learning these things and realizing and bringing more and more to the table, having that curiosity. And when you are a person like that, it becomes really clear if you're in the wrong job. If it becomes really clear, nobody is going to listen to you. If you're going out and bettering yourself and nobody is going to pay any attention to what you're bringing to the table now, it's okay to leave. It's okay to go out and find a job or a career where your ideas and your advancement of yourself is going to be looked at seriously. Yeah, I think we're in such a different place than maybe my parents were, right? And my nieces and nephews, I I like to tell people I lived as if I was a millennial, even though I'm Gen X, by always wanting to love the things I was doing for work and stuff like that. But I, I do think that 
you know, ownership is on us, right? If we're, if we're going to be happy in relationships, we know we have to give a certain amount to that. And we anticipate our partners doing the same. It's the same for careers, right? So if you're investing yourself and your time, um, you know, you only have your 30s once <laughs> or, or your 40s once, right? And how do you want to spend that time? Um, I think it's easy on the front of your career to get one thing in mind and, and go wholeheartedly at it and not stop at different points and look back or look forward and kind of take stock. Um, I'm lucky a couple of times I had reasons to do that. Like I was in a company that got sold and it's kind of like, okay, wait a minute. How do you want to, how do you want to go forward? Let's see, would you like them to give you a job opportunity or do you want to, okay, let's think about plan A and plan B and let's, let's think about what you want to accomplish next and not just automatically accept if they offer you a job, make it a negotiation. Like when you took the job to begin with. Right. And I think those are kind of pieces that sometimes can get lost in the space. Um, and all those negotiations then ended up helping me in the space of deciding to do my own thing. Right. Yeah. And it, what, one thing that I'm so struck by, in you is this place of curiosity, right? Curiosity to go out and learn. Curiosity, oh, they're selling the company? I don't necessarily have to be just at the whim. I'm curious about maybe what else I might want to do. And I think people get stuck in that place of this is what I set out to do and then they feel like they're stuck there forever, but here it is 10 years later and you are a different person. You do not have to have the same goals and wants and needs as you did 10 years ago. Your wants and needs were very different when you were five than when you were 15, than when you were 25. It is okay to shift and pivot. You don't have to be stuck. So, okay, <sighs> tell us, what in your corporate career and you're trying to like move in and discover agricultural stuff, how to intertwine that? How did you, how did this unlock your current passion for <laughs> farming and food and all of those things? Yeah, it's amazing. I have always, um, I always loved the environment, right? Uh, even in the podcast I have going live next week, I talked to somebody from the Nature Conservancy and I immediately started by going, in college, I really saw myself maybe working for a place like the Nature Conservancy because I, I have such a love of clean air and clean water and my family used to go camping and we loved being outside, all that kind of stuff, even growing up. And then I got a job by happenstance, a family friend when I was in college was working in some magazines and he offered me a job. I didn't even know what the magazines did really, but I got there and they were all farming magazines. And I got to go out and interview farmers. And since that first farm interview, I found these people are amazing. I could learn so much and they were so hospitable. I mean, they were making me tomato soup and a grilled cheese on a cold and rainy day. I mean, how could you not love something like that? Um, over the years, I had more and more opportunities to do that with um, not only with the magazines, but then with this seed company and stuff that I was with. 
and I got to know farmers uh, quite personally, but my family was mainly in the city uh, back in Memphis and in Charlotte, North Carolina area and things like that. And so I'd find myself working in these, you know, kind of moments where maybe I was with my nieces and we're driving down the road and they're like, those are soybeans, yucky. Uh, you know, when they were little kids and I'm like, do you know that soybean oil goes in chocolate to make it smooth? Like, remember when you're in the kitchen and sometimes your mom's chocolate is not the chocolate you want to eat because she's baking something, right? It's got that flavor that's too strong or it's not smooth feeling in your mouth. Soybean oil help make chocolate smooth. And they were like, whoa, wait a minute. So as my nieces and nephews got older, um, we got deeper and deeper in these conversations. And I'd be like, I was just on this avocado farm and my God, they have five different varieties of avocados. And they're like, what, what do you mean five different kinds of avocados? And so when I, when I started thinking about my next steps, I really like the idea of bringing those voices from farmers about the foods they grow directly to people like my nieces and nephews so that they didn't have to hear it through the way I recalled it or through my screen of here's what I know and I'm now projecting that, right? So a podcast, since I'd already built this amazing network of people, a podcast would give me an opportunity to share those stories, but also have it told from the perspective of the person really involved in that area so that when the next question came, my nieces and nephews could ask me all the questions before I did a podcast. And my God, did they come up with some questions on some of the topics that I've, <laughs> I've done. You know, I, I just did a, an episode on dates and it was in California. And my nephew is a Marine in San Diego. And he's like, wait a minute. I, I want to know, do they really take ladders up those palm trees or do they use a bucket truck? Right? Like, I mean, they're not using ladders. And I'm like, honey, they were using ladders, <laughs> right? <laughs> I can show you video. And so by doing it as a website and a podcast and everything, I was able to put all those things together um, because I've had a lot of experience with the PR world. I've been able to go to potential sponsors and say, here's something I think would be really cool to work on. My audience would find it amazingly fun to know all the things about cheese because some of us just love cheese so much. Um, and so I'm, I've been able to get sponsors for some of it as well. So I'm doing both my day job. So I'm still doing communication strategy work for other people, but I'm building this piece of something that I want to do. And ultimately I'll be writing books in this space. I'll be doing all the different things in the meantime, I'm single, so I pay my own bills. So I have that entrepreneurial space of where I'm creating communications for others. You know, if, if it's a company that works in the space of agriculture, I can help them understand how to tell their story in a way that will make people tap into their sense of wonder. So people are like going, give me more of that story so that it doesn't come off as here's what we're putting on our website. It's pretty boring, but it makes you have that sense of wonder too. The sense of wonder, I see it in your face as you talk <laughs> about these things. I'm like, oh, it's so good. I just want to crawl inside your joy. <laughs> I love it. It's it's one of the things that, you know, it's, it's kind of childlike sometimes, I'm sure people uh, would feel. 
Um, but it has been something that I've kept with me my whole life and it allows me to really enjoy uh, my work and, you know, even things like going out on the lake, I'm asking questions. I'm a person who asks questions, probably drove my mother insane when I was a toddler, but you know, <laughs> it serves me well. The curiosity again, the curiosity. So as you moved forward and you started taking these like side steps to do something more passionate, what were some of the things that came up? Fears, insecurities? Did people tell you you were nuts? <laughs> so one of the things um, I wanted to make sure that if I did this, I could do it longer term. I didn't want to think, you know, a year or two down the line, I now need to go back and do the corporate gig again. Um, so I wanted to figure out a way to build it and make myself have that sense of security so that I knew that this is really going to get me into my retirement years and things like that, right? Um, to do that, I took a about a six-month entrepreneurial program um, that I went to at night. I worked on on the weekends. I worked on at night. Um, it gave me a chance to say, here are my business goals. Here are the things I want to be able to do. Here are the kinds of prices other people have set their costs at. Well, how do I then kind of, kind of value myself versus other people in the marketplace? All of those kind of things. Um, that process of, because I am somebody who does like to plan, <laughs> it was for me a really good fit. I had a marketing plan. I had a list of people to approach, all that kind of stuff when I left the corporate world. You said earlier that you got to test out some things within your corporate job. And as an entrepreneur, I know because I'm an entrepreneur, <laughs> it's all on you. And it is sometimes kind of terrifying if you take the leap before you've got all the ducks in a row. Yeah, that's and why a program was nice for me is because it gave me feedback from bankers and things. Again, going back to that investing in yourself. And I know when I first took the leap, I just kind of took the leap. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm doing it. And then I was like backtracking. I'm like, oh, I don't know everything I need to know. I'm like, okay, I need to, sure. I'm really great at coaching. I'm really great at healing. Oh, oh, sales, gotta learn sales. Oh, marketing. What about right? marketing? And for me, I already said budgeting and 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 kind of maintaining that kind of piece. You know, I, I love words. I love pictures. Numbers, not so much. <laughs> so early on, as I was going through that process, I was able to figure out a lot. And I learned that one of the things I wanted to do first was make sure I hire a really good CPA so that I had all my business things down pat. And that meant I had to make enough money to pay for the CPA because we went through the process of, okay, what's your budget going to look like? And um, it was through a women's development center here in St. Louis. And even I, the woman who coached our team was from Wells Fargo. And so we had amazing support, you know, like a lot of these companies are doing things to support woman-owned businesses. Um, 
Enterprise Bank here in St. Louis also is doing some amazing things. And they have like online university systems where they have people teaching different pieces. And for me, having some of that back and forth with somebody and, and going through it so I could build my budget. I understand my budget. I can maintain it. But I can also know that but you're going to have a CPA who's going to check your books every quarter. <laughs> so Janice, if you're not up on them every quarter, your CPA is going to be asking you all the questions. So it's also a, a check for me to make sure I'm doing the thing that I don't enjoy the most, because otherwise I could be out on farms all the time. <laughs> and then at the end of the year go, oh my God, what are my taxes? Um, uh, what do I need to do? And so for me, having that upfront accountability to somebody and knowing I'm going to have it was important for me. For other people, it may be having somebody that pushes your creativity levels or something. I I think that the world of finding the right coaches and mentors and consultants and whatever becomes so critical in entrepreneurship in a corporate world, you typically just say, who could help me work on this? And there is a, a bevy of people to pick from. Um, and, and I was always able to get that help if I had questions about, well, I don't know if this is a, if, could this be a legal problem if I don't? I, there was always a legal team to go to, right? And so as an entrepreneur, you do have to figure out, what do you really know? What do you think you know? Because <laughs> I think a lot of us can overestimate how much we know. And in this world of business litigation and legal issues, make sure you know how to get the good help on that <laughs> and on accounting, some of those pieces. One of the things that I see in is being, of course, such a be the wolf quality, being able to do what you're meant to do and be able to get the help that you need. So what I'm hearing is because you were always a question asker that I'm going to take a guess. It was pretty easy for you to ask for help. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, it, it really was. But I will tell you, um, knowing where to ask for help was the first big question, right? Um, because so much of my network was around work. And so finding out, okay, putting myself out there in different spaces to find the people I could trust in different areas, that was that was a little more vulnerable, right? So, and, and making sure you're not overvaluing yourself. I think a lot of us have that kind of question, right? Um, and what's funny is, is I frequently find myself going, I forgot I knew that. Like, I, I forgot I had those experiences that taught me this, <laughs> right? Um, because they were just experiences at the time that I just needed to get through something and I wasn't thinking, oh, yeah, this will come in real handy later <laughs> in life when you do something different. I, I think that's some of the benefits of, of having had a diverse kind of uh, corporate career. Yeah, it's interesting because so many people are and a lot everyone wants to be an entrepreneur these days right i'm fed up with the corporate world i'm gonna do my own thing <laughs> yeah but i find people also deciding to go back after they've been entrepreneurs for five years or something you just want to be able to call your own shots right instead of have it forced on you 
Yeah, I think there's there is a certain thing about certain people who are become successful entre entrepreneurs and want to do it for long term because it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> and you know, again, everything's on you. If you're a trouble that if you're a trouble, if you're trouble, <laughs> then just don't do it. No, if you have trouble asking for help, that's gonna get you in way over your head there gets to be a point you might start off and be super successful but then all of a sudden you have you're inundated with doing the books way more often than you want because you want to work on the other things and i find <laughs> i find that the best thing you can do is learn how to love everything you need to do in your business yeah yeah and and for me i just have to set time aside for the things that i need to do versus want to do i will always find time for the things i want to do and that you know i really enjoy doing but at work in the day job as a corporate person i always had to do work i didn't enjoy the most now as an entrepreneur i still have some of those things right i can't afford to pay everything else that i might not enjoy doing it doesn't make sense like i i can't have a whole staff of accountants to do absolutely everything right or whatever and i think for me finding when to be vulnerable and ask questions and and find problems before they multiply is part of that right so when you when you start coming along and you're thinking, oh, did I do that right? Asking the question when you wonder, did you do that right? Instead of going, it's it's done for now. We'll we'll catch it later because things magnify over time if you haven't gotten it right. Um, so often, especially in in things like you know business, uh, I I never did balance my bank account. Well, uh, that was two years ago. You haven't balanced it in two years. You know, like. How'd you do your taxes? You may have to redo your taxes with the IRS. That would not be fun. So luckily I haven't had any of those problems that I had to learn from firsthand, but I do have frightening stories from my accountant to make sure <laughs> fear motivates me on my accounting, obviously. <laughs> your accountant said, okay, here's what will happen if you don't actually do what you need to do. And you're like, okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm all about it. <laughs> Exactly. And and knowing when when I get to be the wolf and actually tackle things versus when I need to go, hey, you know what? There's a wolf over here. I'm going to bring them in and de do these things for me. That's OK, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you said it earlier. It's important to know you know, you can't hire everybody as an entrepreneur. You, when you're starting out, you can't like just hire this person for this, blah, 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 because you're setting yourself, even if you have a ton of money, it's still not a smart thing because you're trying to make a viable business. And if you have that attitude to begin with, if you're trying to run your, not run your business lean, you always want to start by running your business lean and grow when you need to grow. And and it's okay to kind of come back and forth on some of that. You know, for for me, for instance, when I started a podcast, I had several friends say, you need to learn how to edit your audio. I'm like, okay. And as I did that, I learned how many times I would say, um, or something like that, right? And it made me a better podcaster. It made me a better conversationalist, all that kind of stuff. 
at a certain point, I decided to pay somebody to do some of the editing. Later, I have decided to bring it back in-house. It's okay. And I could go back to a corporate job or something and not feel like a failure. But I, I don't want to necessarily make those decisions at the last minute possible, right? Like, I don't want to run this business into the ground before I decide I would maybe decide to take a different income stream in of some sort, right? Like, okay, let's keep this going and maybe we pull in something additional if I needed to, right? Um, and I think it's easy when you get so focused on I can do everything or I can hire everything out for you to lose track of really important functions of your business. And if you don't know what's going on and you're an entrepreneur, chances are it's not going to represent you well. And a lot of us have our name and our faces attached to our businesses. Um, and do you really want somebody over here doing your social media that doesn't really even know you? Like if, if you hire somebody to do your social media, make sure they know you. Make sure they know what your business is about. Make sure they know how to talk. That it sounds like you and your business, not like every business in that space. Which could happen quickly if you're in, if you're not paying attention and plugged in. And I want to point out another be the wolf quality is that if you decided to bring in another income stream or chose to go back to the corporate world or chose to do something different, to do it before it becomes a necessity is really important because a, a wolf, a wolf quality is to really be able to see what's going on, being able to feel what's right for you. And if you wait until you're in pain, till everything's crumbling around you to act, you act out of desperation. You, yeah. you need to pick up a second job because you're like for people just starting out with their business business, a lot of times people have to pick up a second job. If you wait till you're so broke before you do that, you're going to take a job that's terrible just out of desperation. You're going to not represent yourself in the best way if you interview because you're acting out of desperation. You just want a job, and not this job, any job. Right, exactly. So when you make those choices and you really are in tune and you can feel those subtle things that are coming, this is actually an entrepreneur and you're paying attention to your books, you can see when you're going to need money. And if there's not a revenue stream coming in until a month and a half from now and you're going to be out of money in a week, then you should have seen that if you were paying attention to your finances in a very good way. You should have seen that three or four months ago and taken the steps then. Part of that is working in your business versus working on your business is the way I look at it. And so for me, um, you know, when I worked in the PR agency world, we were all asked to find a way to give 20% of our time to building new business. And so that's been kind of my steady goal. And that means like one day a week, I should be doing things to build this company that's not like, here's a project that needs to get done today, or here's content that needs to be created. Like, let's make sure you're spending time looking out in the future and sizing up what's happening in the landscape and making sure you're prepared for it, making sure you're ready to capitalize on the things that you can capitalize on. 
and making sure you're limiting the impact of some of the things that might worry you about the future. And how can you then kind of pressure test yourself to make sure you're going to be able to take it? Nobody anticipated COVID. I started a business and then like six months later, we're all in shutdown, <laughs> right? And so I had a few pivots that I had put together even when I was doing my big business plan earlier. You know, and every year I go through that process of updating that and looking out years further in the future on how I can do that. And I always try and create a few ideas that I could come back to and build them out, right? Like just coming up with ideas that maybe I'll pursue this in the near future and launching something new and different. Um, I, I've kind of gone with a once a year, I'm going to probably introduce a new element to the business. Because I'm going to need that kind of routine additive income over time. Because ultimately, I, I don't really want to do lots of this consulting work. It's great. It pays a lot of bills. And I love the people I'm working with. But I, I would rather be building my own things <laughs> the way I see the world. And so to me, that's kind of my second job is the consulting side of my business. And so how can I keep building something else out on my business in the entrepreneurial world that produces passive income, it's active income, whatever it is, start thinking of those ideas. So there's always other things there because I was doing a lot of professional speaking when COVID hit and people don't pay you as much to do a Zoom call as they do to stand up in front of a crowd of 5,000 people. It's a very different value proposition for the groups doing the hiring for me to sit and do my talk from my living room. And luckily, I had all these other ideas that I had come into it going, I'm not sure when I'm going to pursue this one, but this is something I would love to do. I have the skills to do it. Here's how I could do it in the future. And keeping those ideas for me gives me um, a little bit more of that long-term stability that I really wanted to have when I entered it. That comes back to just being able to pivot, being able to see and think outside the box, all of those things. So before you tell us about all of the things that you do, how to get in touch with you, how to listen to your podcast, all of those things, if you were to give your younger self or our audience a piece of advice, about creating a life that you love, work that you love, what would you what would you say to your younger self or to our or to our audience? I think part of it is is um, is really figuring out how to be critical of yourself, not not to defeat yourself or anything like that, but to be introspective enough to really look and see what you're good at what value you bring to different things that others maybe don't and what things you may really enjoy, but that don't have that same value proposition. Right. And, and that's hard because, um, you know, if you're looking at making it a business, you need to find some of those things that bring value to others first and foremost. And it doesn't mean you can't do the things that bring you only value but you find things that bring you value, that bring others value, and then sort of reckon those out. And, and part of that means you have to look at yourself critically. 
where you have to ask others who know you, well, what do you think I do best? And where do you think out of these three things, which do you think would be successful first and foremost? And, and learning to make those choices was tough because sometimes you just want to do something specific and it's fine. I consider those kind of like my charity or give back programs or things like that, right? It's great to go ahead and do those, but know now that that's not where your business is going to be built from and you need to find the things that you're going to build your business in too. Does that work? Does that make sense? <laughs> that makes perfect sense to me. Okay, tell us um, tell us about your communications business. Tell us about yeah. podcasts and how to find you. All of the yeah. tell us all the things. Tell me all the things. I love all the things. So my website uh, for my overall business is groundedcoms.com. Grounded Communications is the name of the company. Um, I like being grounded. I have my head in the clouds. I, I have a curiosity and wonder, but I like being grounded in agriculture and it has a good fit for that, right? The themology of it. Um, I've built off of that a little bit and I have my, my podcast is called Grounded by the Farm. I go out and interview farmers about the foods they grow. I sometimes interview things like a brewery <laughs> because they were using barley from a farm or a cheesemaker and cheesemonger because they know the farms and they, they know things about milk. Uh, but really, I'm, I, I'm mainly talking to farmers. And then I have a group called Grounded and Rising because I love that farmer community so much. It's an area where many farmers are looking for how do they use the online space and communications tool to help people get to know them better. And so that's a community that I have available. It offers training. Um, some of the classes are like, how do you use LinkedIn better? So that's not necessarily something that only farmers would like, but uh, it certainly has a fit for them and they're my network. And then um, my communication strategy, my, my difference in the market is that I have worked across a range of corporate communications, a range of communications venues on my own. So if you're looking for somebody who understands the financial pieces of things, I've worked with Wall Street. If you're looking for somebody who works with employees, that works too. I've done employee communications and I've done a huge amount of marketing communications, issues management things. But for most of the like startup community and stuff is where I found I work best because they don't have the money to pay entire teams on each of those things that I've done in my past. And so I can bring kind of all that skill set together and not make you choose on which audience you really want to have something focused to. But I'll make it so that everybody can read it on your website or everybody can understand a presentation when you're doing it. I love storytelling. And a lot of times startups like their products, but don't know how to tell the stories of their products. And I really enjoy helping with that. And so then where that story goes is kind of limitless. It can be your employees telling it, it can be your website telling it, your presentations, all those things. That's kind of my sweet spot, I guess. Love it. The story is so good. It, from a company standpoint, you can yeah. illustrate your values. You can illustrate what's important. You can bring wonder and curiosity. So yep. many of the things. And I have 
crazy numbers of social media, but grounded communications, grounded by the farm are the primaries. And then I used to be known as JP Loves Cotton because my first website, my first love is working in agriculture was in the cotton business. So, you know, I, I, I still wear in cotton clothing. <laughs> it's my favorite. For those of you that are looking to become the wolf and really step into careers that you love, uh, you can go to book a call with Jenea. You can have a, let's have a conversation. Let's see what it will take to get you into a career where you get to be who you were born to be. Uh, thank you, Janice. Thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me. It's been such a joy, such a pleasure. I had a great time. Awesome. All right, everybody. We're going to say goodbye now. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf.